And it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us on the line. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. You sound energized. Coffee? <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Have you adapted to the early bird lifestyle? I think that, well, mm, <laughs> no. <laughs> but see, see, I'm still a night owl. I'm still a night owl. And I, I guess the more studies tell us that it's more of an internal clock. It's the way we're wired. So it's not as if we can yeah. choose to be one or the other. We grew up in a generation yeah. where I guess a, the so-called adults told us you can power through and become an early bird and early bird catches the worm and so on forth. But Right. Uh, powering through is definitely a term uh, I would definitely use for my <laughs> daily routine. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm getting somewhat used to it, but okay. still a ways to go. Okay. Still a ways to go. Okay, yeah. so habits do form us. Uh, we'll give you the details on why this is an important conversation for maybe upping work efficiencies. Not that it's all about that, but hey, after all, that is an important discussion topic coming up in our second hour. Let's turn our attention to keyword news. This is mm -hmm. our first keyword of the day. Supply chain investment. So Korea has drawn more than $1 billion worth of investments uh, from seven North American firms in the semiconductor, battery, and energy sectors. Tell us the details. Right. Well, these investment pledges, they were made during a ceremony in New York where President Yoon Suk-yeol is attending. And he attended this ceremony as well, along with senior officials from the Seoul government and global companies. Of them, uh, Applied Materials, the world's largest semiconductor equipment maker and two chip material suppliers, DuPont and Integris, plan to build research and development centers here in Korea. Uh, also parts of manufacturer Borg. Uh, Borg Warner decided to establish an R&D center in South Korea for EV and hybrid cars. Mm. Uh, battery maker Solid Energy System also vowed to set up a research center for the development of next generation EV batteries as well as production facilities. Canadian power firm Northland Power plans to build an offshore wind power generation complex in South Korea's southern region. And US-based EMP Bellstar will establish an eco-friendly logistics center uh, here as well. Uh, Industry Minister Yi Chang-yang noted during the ceremony that the investments are expected mm. to help strengthen supply chains of key items and boost bilateral economic ties. And he added that Seoul will give more incentives for foreign investments in advanced industries and reform dis, uh, discriminatory rules or other mm. regulations that fail to meet uh, international standards. Could this somehow cushion the blow from the Inflation Reduction Act? Unrelated, mm, do you think? It's a good question, uh, but it's more about the tax incentives that are given to right. what would be importers right, uh, right. In, in Korea. But um, right, right. Uh, does it alleviate the problem? I don't know. Of I think it's kind right. of related but unrelated at the same time. Right, uh, right. And I don't think, and I don't think the same companies will necessarily benefit. Uh, that's a tough question, though. We'll have to see. I know. And eventually, <laughs> I'm going to ask our uh, economy specialist, yeah. uh, Professor Young yeah. Jun-sog. But I just <laughs> I want to put it out there because it seems like there are efforts to sort of cushion that blow from the Inflation Reduction Act. But does right. this actually fundamentally change anything? Perhaps not. But mm. again, it's about lessening the damages overall, I suppose. Mm. Let's go back to that trip that President Yoon is on. He has arrived in Canada for a summit with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. What can we expect? Right. Well, Yoon arrived in Toronto, where he is scheduled to first visit the University of Toronto for a meeting with AI experts. And uh, Toronto is known to have uh, or 
believed to be strong in uh, AI and is kind of seen as a kind of a tech and economic hub. Uh, now, in the evening, the president will meet with Korean residents in the city mm -hmm. also as well. Uh, it's a very densely populated city with Korean people. Uh, Yoon will then head to Ottawa, the capital, on Friday for a summit with Trudeau. They are expected to discuss ways to deepen the bilateral strategic partnership ahead of the 60th anniversary of diplomatic relations next year. Uh, the presidential office says agenda items include ways to cooperate for the establishment of stable supply chains in core, min uh, in core minerals and ways Canada can support South Korean businesses in the country also. It added that Canada is a key producer of core min uh, minerals needed in the production of EV batteries and South Korean businesses plan major battery-related investments in the country. We can kind of see a trend with how these diplomatic deals are being made. A lot of them are to do with electric vehicles, so the mm. future of uh, automobiles. And following the summit, Yoon will mm. depart for Seoul and return home on Saturday. So it is the last final leg of his overseas trip. All right, with that, let's move on to our second keyword of the day. Trilateral cooperation. So the top diplomats of South Korea, U.S. and Japan have also met in New York to discuss pending issues. There are clearly mutual interests. What's the latest? Right. Foreign Minister Pak Jin uh, said the three nations underscored the importance of trilateral cooperation in dealing with North Korea's nuclear ambition. He told reporters that they discussed the need to be prepared to closely work together. And they also vowed to strongly and sternly react with regard to North Korea's threat to use nuclear weapons. They passed a law recently uh pretty much uh kind of strengthening their claim as a nuclear state uh u.s secretary of state anthony blinken uh, stressed the importance of trilateral cooperation also urging the countries to work together on regional and global issues and he noted that trilateral relations are just as important as bilateral ones and he said the three countries worked best when working together. Mm. And he reiterated that the trilateral relationship matters to the U.S. and is known to make a difference as well, whether that's alluding to hopefully improving ties between Seoul and Tokyo as well. Mm. Uh, kind of a, a veiled, I think, comment by mm. him. Um, meanwhile, the chief nuclear envoys of South Korea and the United States also expressed serious concerns over North Korea's rising nuclear threat and they vow to decisively respond if Pyongyang conducts another nuclear test, of which there is a lot of speculation going around. All right, let's turn to our economy section for our third keyword of the day. Rate hike. So BOK Governor Lee Chang-yong hinted at taking a more aggressive rate hike next month following the Fed's rate increase and amid rising inflation. I mean, we touch upon this uh, regularly, and it, when the Fed raises... Their interest rates, inevitably, Bank of Korea must follow suit. What's the latest? It's certainly uh, a kind of a tough position for the BOK right. because uh, they, it was kind of unexpected that the mm. US Fed would take such a big step. Right. Uh, but the BOK chief said the central bank's previous outlook kind of drastically changed following the Fed's so-called uh, big step move. Uh, Lee Chang-yong suggested the plan in place uh, of increasing the base rate by a quarter point at a time, which was the initial plan, may not be enough actually to hold the line as the Fed increases rates at a much faster pace. With a third straight three-quarter point rise, the U.S. benchmark interest rate, we mentioned this yesterday, it's between three and three and a quarter percent mm. now. Um, he said the preconditions for the previous forward guidance that the central bank had was that rates in the U.S. would be 4% by the end of the year. But he acknowledged that economists and U.S. officials 
now believe it will cross that threshold. And he hinted at the possibility of raising the rate by half a percentage point next month. And the Fed's target policy rate is now at its highest uh, level since 2008. New projections show it rising to between 4.25 and 4.5% by the end of the year and ending 2023 at 4.5 to 4.75%. Mm. And the VOK chief said the bank will decide on its rate adjustments after thoroughly reviewing how such changes may affect economic growth and the foreign exchange market. Uh, the bank is set to hold a meeting of its monetary policy committee in two to three weeks. So I guess we'll see what happens and what they decide and, uh, t- uh, then. All right, let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Stalking crackdown. So amid public backlash over a recent stalking-related murder, the government ruling party, prosecutors and police are working to crack down on stalking-related cases. There had been previous red flags, as we talked about loosely, uh, Adam, but this does certainly raise a sense of urgency again because public outcry Mm. has only been growing. Right, so it certainly has made uh, uh, the headlines once again uh, in an unfortunate manner. Uh, But the ruling People Power Party and the government say they would consider reviewing all stalking-related cases that have been reported to the police. This came during an emergency meeting during which the police and justice ministry reported back with what measures they have come up with to help tackle uh, stalking crimes. There are actually more than 2,000 stalking cases that have been uh, reported. Uh, The prosecution and police have also formed a consultative body so that crimes of this nature can be tackled together and more effectively. Um, there was also a discussion on ministries jointly coming up with more protection measures and support uh, for the victims. Um, the PPP also decided to push for a revision of the anti-stalking law to beef up the protection of stalking victims by law and come up with a more swift uh, response system. There was kind of the public uh, criticism that there were a lot of red flags previously um, with this uh, subway Uh, murder that uh, the the victim could be at risk and there was a lot of reports that uh, the uh, suspect was stalking the victim but nothing was really done so that's where a lot of the criticism came Um, and uh, yeah so that's why all this public backlash has happened Uh, it's not the first time it has happened and there has been kind of responses from government and ruling parties before whether this will um, make a difference uh, remains to be seen, of course. Because it is about amending a law, right? Um, mm. It's to prevent the crime from happening, right? Um, yeah. Should should stalkers be sort of put up for it's kind of a one-out policy, essentially, instead of mm. having this sort of monitoring system that has failed us several times with mm-hmm. these high-profiled cases. It's murky, right. which is why we don't have a simple answer. But it yeah. is in the eyes of the authorities uh, and lawmakers to figure out perhaps a better game plan going forward. Right. Finally, let's move on to our last keyword of the day. Mask free. It sounds so good and too good. To <laughs> it does. <laughs> Korea may end its mask mandate for outdoor events such as sporting events and concerts as early as this week. What's the latest, Adam? Right. Well, we are at the end of the week, so we'll have to see uh, what kind of announcement uh, comes out. But it all comes amid a steady decline in new COVID-19 cases and 
An advisory committee to the government on infectious diseases actually recommended the termination of this outdoor mask mandate in a meeting that was held two days ago. Uh, uh, um, and the complete lifting of outdoor mask requirements is likely to be announced as early as today. So if it mm. takes effect today remains to be seen, but we'll have to see mm. uh, what announcement comes out later on. Uh, now, I think there was a lot of confusion of people. Um, wearing face masks at outdoor events is expected to become advised and people who choose not to will not be fined. That's kind of the mandate that, uh, or the easing that's in place at, uh, or being looked at at the moment. Uh, the outdoor face mask mandate that is currently ended, uh, that's currently in place, ended on May 2nd, mm. except for events with 50 or more people. I think a lot of people forget that, mm. um, such as rallies, concerts and sports games. Uh, there have been questions raised about the policy's efficacy, though, because eating and drinking are allowed in stadiums <laughs> where a lot more people are gathered. Right. Um, the indoor mask mandate, though, is likely to stay in place for a while due to differences in opinion among the committee members. Uh, reportedly, a consensus has been reached on the principle of lifting it, but not on other details, such as when or which indoor settings. Um, even after it's lifted, masks may be required in facilities with a higher risk of virus transmission, for example, hospitals as well. Uh, overall, though, this is coming amid a drop in COVID-19 cases. Uh, yesterday's tally, for example, was less than half of that of the Thursdays last week. Um, and health authorities have concluded that the recent wave we saw in the summer was well managed mm, uh, mm. and the KDCA says that unless there is a new virus variant uh, with high transmissibility and stronger ability to evade immunity the virus wave is likely to kind of maintain at the current size. Mm. There you have it I mean you're right it was a little bit tricky because 50 or more it's not as if I go into a concert and start counting how many people there are some venues are smaller right. yeah. however uh, I guess going forward we might just have the room to cheer at baseball season and I don't know cheer for our favorite K-pop bands and whatnot isn't that a big part right. of the culture anyway <laughs> thank you so much Adam for a week's worth of coverage have a safe weekend we'll see you next Monday you too see you next week if you're listening to our program using the podcast service just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time so tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.